Submission Coalition podcast number 14 with Pete White. White. Known Pete for a number of years. Um, we've both been bad in the back, wrapping hands of different fighters and the like. Uh, Pete is definitely an OG of Florida boxing and MMA. I, I swear, I don't think there's somebody that he doesn't know in this industry. And uh, he is a wealth of knowledge. So take a listen and hopefully you guys enjoy. All right, we can see you so far. Okay, how about now? Uh, there we go. Now we can hear you. <laughs> this <laughs> we'll tech through. stuff is out of control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're we're still we're still white belts at this whole podcasting thing. So. You you and me both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's everything going? You know, it's going. Not great, but it's going. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's interesting to to yeah. say the least. Something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime, but. Yeah, now, I agree. We had plans for hurricanes. We had plans for tornadoes. We had plans for yeah. all of this other shit. Yep. We did not yeah. have a plan for a pandemic. <laughs> they brought a whole, there's a whole new level of shit going on now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so how been, we're not doing okay. too much. I've just been, uh, I've been working and riding my bike. That's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen, seen quite a few posts. You know, you're, you're definitely getting your, uh, your road work in. Trying. I can't do much with my hands. I got to get a, they want to replace my left shoulder. So. Oh, wow. Can't even hold pads or anything right now anyway. So I suppose this, if they, if I can get the scheduled surgery, get it over with, now would be a good time to do it, I guess. Oh yeah. That's one of those things. I don't think a lot of people know or really understand um, the toll that your arms and shoulders go through holding mitts things yeah. of that nature if you do it wrong you're guaranteed that yeah. early you're going to trash yourself it's, it's worse than than getting locked in jujitsu because yep. it happens just suddenly yep. you know? yeah yeah then progressive over all these years for t 10 years ago you told me that i'd be feeling the way i feel right now and i'd be like get out of here yeah i'm tough i'm strong i can do whatever i don't really worry about that yeah well we all we all know how that goes when age starts catching up yep yeah, we were talking with uh, with Ross Kellen, um, I think it was last week. That's yeah. what we were just saying. I mean, at this point in time, it, it's diminished returns. Yeah. You know, you're, it used to be when I was younger. I, I remember it seemed like you put in a little effort and you got a lot of results out. Yep. Now you put in a lot of effort and the results are <laughs> significantly less. Yep. Recovery time in between is greater. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Ross is a good guy. I love Ross. I've known Ross for a while. He's uh he's one of my one of my good people in this in this game. So yeah. I, he uh I know he's de deals with the arthritis and stuff too. Just like yeah. I got it so bad. Some nights I just can't even sleep. It's uh it's killing me and my shoulders primarily now. I've had the knee surgeries done and all that stuff. Now it's now they got to the shoulders. My left shoulder so far gone. They got to do a total replacement. So. Oh wow. Yeah, it's about a 10-month recovery. Ooh. I'm not looking forward to that because anybody – I can't sit still for five minutes. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Do you know uh, – I believe his name is uh, Mike Geary or Michael Geary? Yeah. Um, he just recently had his shoulder done. Yeah. So I remember we were at the WCFL. Uh, Naomi was fighting that night on the card. Uh, Jacob Toledo was fighting on that card. And when he came to the back, you know, he, he was all bandaged up. The surgery had taken place, I think, a week or two prior. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Some he said he had the shoulder replaced. 
some of them, the, the replacement is, it's like the worst orthopedic surgery you can do. You know, it's, it's, it's two months of isolation. You can't work or can't do nothing. They strap it to your chest and you can't move. Right. That's going to put me over the top. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Eight months of, uh, of rehab, which I'm not looking forward to either, but I'm at the point right now, my quality of life has gotten so diminished. I can't sleep. I can't do nothing. And now it's to the point where I, I have a hard time opening like the car door and anything. Right. So it's, it's, it's time. I got, I can't, I've been putting this off for years and now it's like, all right, I just got to get this done. Yeah. Um, but well, unfortunately, I mean, that's, that's one of these, um, try remember it was, I think it was last year we were getting ready for a tournament. Um, uh, both Melissa and I were competing and nope. I got choked out. I went completely unconscious. That wasn't the big part. It was when I went out, went out and they went to recess me and they pulled me over, my leg got pinned under oh. my body. So I fell more like in a hurdler stretch. Oh, yeah. So at first, it wasn't that bad. But every day afterwards, I kept going, wow, my knee is just really yeah. killing me. Pop that knee. To the point where, you know, you're barely walking on it. But, you know, I'm stubborn. We have the tournament coming up. So everybody's going, you know what? You should take a day off. And I was like, no, you should take a day off. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got shit to do. Yeah, I know how that goes, bro. Trust me. I know. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah, you didn't, why don't you rest a minute, coach? You can worry about yourself. Get over there and train. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's the other hard part because I know that when I take that rare day off, yeah. that unfortunately, it always feels like the the vacuum gets created and nobody quite steps into that role. So by the time I come back, um, yeah, I've been, I've been lucky, knock on plastic or whatever I've got around. Um, yeah. I've had my, my fair share of injuries, but I'll be honest, I, I'd never know the, the extent of them because I've never been to a doctor for any of the injuries. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I have no clue what's in my knees. Um, I know my, my back's the only part, you know, that part I know. I, I, it got yeah. to the point where I said, I have no choice, you know, and then I spend all the, the time and the money and everything else for them to say, there's no solutions. Yeah. I, I trust me. I know how that goes too. Well, you're getting older. So yeah, thanks. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just keep going, try to keep doing my thing. I'm not a standby guy. I can't, you know, I, I have client, you know, kids that I train and I work with like just unboxing and stuff and I'll sit, I'll sit next to a heavy bag. And I can correct things and do things for them for hours. Um, but I'm, I'm a hands-on guy. Yeah. I want to, I'm put, slap the mouthpiece in. Let's get in the ring. Let's spar. Let's get in. Let's work. We'll work together. You know, stuff like that. Pads and everything. And I always said to myself for years and years and years, I said to myself, you know what? Today I can't hold pads anymore. I'm just going to hang it up. I ain't ready. <laughs> I'm not ready to hang it up. Yet. Exactly. When my, when my daughter gets into the UFC and she's, uh, you know, holding a title or something, then that's a whole different story. Then I'm, then I'll be done. But right. right now I can't give up on and give up on her. I've put the help so many so far and I got to at least see my own through. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, it'd be, it'd be yeah, like, common is, uh, we both have our kids, yeah. you, know, that, you know, breakthrough time period that, you know, they got, they got this great opportunity and this yep. talent right now. Um, and it just kind of sucks that things are stalled out right now pretty. Oh, my God. You get them on a roll, and then it's uh -huh. like, we're on a roll. Let's keep going. We're almost yeah. there. We're almost there. 
you know what I mean? And now, now trying to get the motivation and stuff back and you gotta, you gotta pick that whole roll up. You know, they they announced today that we're going to be, we're not going to be part of this first phase to open up the gyms. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't want to hear that crap, man. You know what? If, if I understand, you know, about this, this whole thing, you know, if, if you're afraid of it, stay home. Right. If, if, if you're okay with going to the gym and training and stuff and, and you're being responsible, well, you know, that, you got to do it. You can do it. Like I can do it with boxing. I can keep everybody separated. Yeah. And work, on, work on drills. It's hard with jujitsu. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. Like when we, be, when we start back, it's probably going to yeah. be mostly striking classes just because yeah, that's what exactly. we can separate. Well, yeah. we're probably going to do striking classes. And then we were talking about whether or not it's acceptable because I get restaurants now they're talking about opening up restaurants for what is it? 25% capacity inside as long yeah. as they can hold social distancing. Right. So we're saying, you know, is there the chance that we can do that with couples? So we have a lot of couples or yeah. So they already cohabitate. So they're right. yeah. yeah, I have people like that as well. So I can put them together to do drills right. with boxing and stuff and kickboxing and stuff right. like that. You know? That's but what we're thinking too. Just, and you got a whole student, whole classroom full of people to do jujitsu and trying to mingle them in together or something. Right. Yeah, that's not gonna work. So, but it's been, um, I mean, for a minute it was okay. I wasn't minding the break. I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe this is God's way of showing me I just need to slow down for a minute and catch my breath yeah. and figure things out. But I, even during when we're, when we are normal before all this happened, if I take more than one day off in a row, I, I feel like I'm, I did something wrong. Or I'm, I, get, yeah. I get very antsy and aggravated and frustrated and stuff. So, the only thing I found that helps me with that is riding my bike. Right. So I go I mountain bike. I go in the woods and stuff and just take off out there and kill myself and flip over the handlebars and all that crap. But it just gives me that push. So when I come home, I feel tired and worn out. And it's like, okay, now I feel better that I did something. If I don't do something, I feel like, man, it's, it's driving me crazy. I, I must, I probably put on 15 pounds during this whole damn thing. Yeah. Eating, yeah. So, you know, and you don't even realize you're doing it. No, so, and yeah. it's yeah. stress. It's yeah, everything. <laughs> that's, that's aggravating. Well, it, it's the hard part too. I mean, being business owners. I mean, you, you've got the gym. That's a that's a responsibility. You've yep. got family responsibilities, and then yep. you also, as I understand, you still work a regular job and make yep. all this stuff take place. Yep. And it's difficult right now as we're in the same boat. So yep. we still have rent due on the gym. Yep. I mean, we still have all the rest of the, the normal, you know, bills for the gym. We yep. got utilities and insurance and, and all the rest you of that. Crap. With everything. You're still getting hit with everything. And, and you know, some of these other places that, that are out there that have much bigger overhead than, than I do or than you do and stuff like that. And these guys, I mean, I, I know per people personally in our community that have closed. They're done. It's, right, yeah. yeah. Businesses are closed, and I'm not trying to mention any names or anything and stuff, you know. And people that have been around for at least 10, 10 or 15, 20 years, and right. they're just, it's over. They closed. Yeah. I got a buddy of mine down in Miami. He's out there. He's, he's buying up all gym equipment like crazy. He's got five gyms that closed in three days. Yep. I mean, probably over $100,000 in, in equipment and stuff that, that wow. he's acquired down there. Zebra mats like stacked to the ceiling, um, bags, 150 heavy bags he's got laying around and stuff. Wow. So he just, 
he's just buying it because he's got a big warehouse and everything. He's buying it out and trying to help these guys and buy them out and everything so they can get their mortgages and stuff paid. Right. But then he's, everybody's just dropping like flies. I mean, I work a regular job during the day. My job hasn't stopped, so I'm still working every day. Right. Yep. Thank God. Um, and my, my people in my gym, even though the gym wasn't open, I had some of the parents that uh, were still working and stuff. They paid their membership for their kids, and then they paid for an extra kid. Yeah, right. that's we're, amazing. We're getting the same thing, yeah. and it's been awesome. Oh, thank God! And then you know we came down, and I'm still about 600 short or 500 short for the rent for May 1st. And then my coaches came through, and they gave each gave they donated 200 bucks out of their stimulus checks each of them. Right to cover to cover everything. I'm like, man, I, I feel bad taking you know money from anybody or, or whatever, but. They're like, hey, it's all our home, so we got to kind of keep it going, you know. So yeah, it, it's a different kind of situation for sure. Yeah. And we kind of had to step back and go, okay, they're they're doing this for them as much as they're doing it for us. They they want exactly. to have a team to come back to. Right. Exactly. But but at the same time, I mean, it's one of those where you know we're we're already paying out of pocket for yeah. for what what doesn't yeah, which unfortunately it's fairly sizable. You know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, the, the help that they're giving us is hundred percent keeping us alive and, yeah. and keeping the gym from becoming one of those statistics of the people that just have to close. Now I'm hoping some of these gyms that are closing, you know, I'm hoping it's just one of those where there it's a temporary that, you know, just they're, they're either their landlord's not working with them or whatever. I think and, there's a lot of places like that, which is kind of unfortunate that the landlords are doing it. But I think, you know, in, in a situation where most of these, the government should be making these banks and these other landlords and all this stuff have forgivable time periods so that they don't have to pay the mortgage or, or whatever for that period of time. You know, give them three months off, no mortgages for right. three months. I know we've had a couple uh, uh, non-martial arts related, just, just daycare facilities yeah. that the amount of kids that they have coming in, and then their landlord said, no, I'm not going to work with you guys. So yeah. they just closed up. Yeah. There's they nothing they can do. Point, they would rather take their chance and not put themselves, you know, in 10, debt. 20, $30,000 in debt yeah. and then try to reopen. They're like, we'd rather just take our chances now, close and not, not get that debt. And yeah, then that's crazy. see if they can make it work later. Well, you know, we got absolutely no help. From the government then you know i mean all of us small businesses and stuff they're not giving us anything right and then and then we're turning around and uh, well we'll give you loans i don't i don't i can't for i can't afford to go into debt i'm i have a hard enough time trying to pay the rent in the first place never mind right. going to debt and have to pay a, a pay back a loan later no thank right. you so yeah, i mean these things i mean that's the other part that you know most people truly don't understand is is in in this particular field it is a labor of love yeah uh, exactly we're not getting, we're not millionaires off of this. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're typically willing to even lose money yeah. to an extent to, to be able to live the, the dream and to be able dream. to provide the opportunity that gets There's, presented to, to our students. There's you know, many months I come out of pocket to cover the rent and finish up oh, paying yeah. up. Oh, all the time. Yeah. It happens. It just happens. And, uh, but when those kids go to those fights and you go to those fights and they win those fights and they raise their hand and they come out and they give you a big hug and they tell yep. you they love you, coach, and all oh, yeah, that stuff. it's all worth it. There ain't nothing. There ain't nothing that pays. There's nothing better than that. There's no better yeah. feeling than that. And watch them smile and be proud of themselves. And that's uh, that, that, that's, 
we we get that same rush just the way that they get that rush when they yeah. win a fight or something yep. or they get that big knockout or something well, that's so. what I, like. I, I i talk to the guys here quite a bit i'm like you know i i get far more nervous as a coach than i ever did as a competitor <laughs> yeah yeah that happens <laughs> i mean it's, 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 it does but uh, you know after a while it's i've started to people are like well how come you how come you're so relaxed and you're stuff in the corner it's like i've done a, a hundreds of these fights but right right i'm just not showing you that i'm anxious i'm just you know what i mean yeah so, but i'm still i still get worked up especially when my kid gets in the cage or, or something or she's boxing or, or doing something yeah then that's a whole different story so, so how, how, how is that? I mean, I, I know what happens in, in, in my stomach when it's Christian yeah. as opposed to one of the other fighters. But, uh, you know, how, how is that, you know, making the walk with your, with your daughter to the cage of the ring? Well, I, I mean, I, I never want to see my kid lose or go through something, you know, I mean, or get hurt or whatever. But pretty fairly confident that, that there's not too many out there or whatever at her level that you know she just turned 20 years old this year and, and she's she's pretty strong and she's she's all all in when it comes to this stuff you know I mean she goes down and she trains with Hannah and Hannah don't doesn't take it easy on her beats the hell out of her and stuff but she, she keeps going she stays right in there with them you know and I've seen her go in with a lot of them I've had her down in Coconut Creek with Yolana and I've had her yeah. with uh Ayla Haracha and all those down there in Coconut Creek, and she's gone with them. They threw her right on the mats in pro practice out there, and she was going full out. They actually asked her to back off a little bit. So <laughs> it was a it was it was a proud moment. But you know, um, you know, I got a lot of friends down there. Billy Padden, one of them, the boxing coach down there, and Billy's like, "Yeah, Peach, she's got the stuff." So and, and you know, of course, it's your kid. You always want to. It's like. I try to get her boxing and her striking level like you got Christian with his wrestling and his jiu-jitsu, you know. So now if I can switch vice versa, I can get her to have the wrestling and the right. jiu-jitsu, then it would be a lot, you know. But obviously you can't snap your fingers and make that happen overnight. Well, I mean, if you talk to Christian, it's natural talent. We, we yeah. know that. <laughs> we know better. Yeah, I know all about that stuff, too. Thank you for time. So, but, uh. Yeah, I'm thankful because I got, uh, you know, John Radford, who's, uh, you know, he was an alternate for the United States Taekwondo team and stuff like that. So with his striking and his kicking and stuff like that, he's uh, he's done miracles with uh, with all of our guys, especially Chris Nixon, who's coming up and coming. And then, uh, you know, Anderson with the jiu-jitsu and the grappling, who's just uh, who's real strong with that. So we've got some good things going on, you know. It's kind of like everybody takes their own little toll and everything. So. Right. And it's always a plus, you know, like you got Christian that teaches like for, for you guys and helps with the kids. And it's, a, you know, especially the guys that are still fighting, you know, come up and comers and everything, Taylor, and everybody contributes. So that's what makes me happy. It's like I can teach some kid how to throw a jab or how to, how to do this or cut off a ring or cut off a cage or something like that. And then like two months later, I'll be standing on the side and I'll be sitting there for a minute doing something. I'll look up and he's teaching the next kid right. how, to, yeah. how to do the same thing. That makes me happy. Yeah, that, that, that stuff makes me feel real good inside when I see that. So I love that. Um, yeah, Taylor, you know, it makes I get real anxious and stuff when she fights, um, probably more so than than anybody else. Um, but I, I'm confident she can handle herself in there. The more right. she fights, better. The harder she's pushed. So when she gets hit, well, then she gets mad, and then she's <laughs> she's gonna try and unleash and stuff. But 
Right. She's still young, coming. She's coming along. So, she's her biggest battle is her diet. <laughs> she likes to eat. So. I feel her pain. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Trust me. <laughs> Especially now. So, well, I um, I like to. Get, Come back and as soon as we get stuff up and going again, but you know, come back and forth and bring some guys over and do some training. Yeah, we still we still got to bring some guys out your way. We've been talking about it. Right, time well, time is the biggest thing that we don't have. Exactly, <laughs> that's just it. You know, I'm only open in the evening time. I work all day, so yeah, even with the gym closed, we're super busy with the online classes and. Yeah, how's that working out for you guys? Yeah. <laughs> in most in most cases, I mean, like in the beginning there was a lot of talking people were like yeah yeah and then you know, we'd have maybe four or five people on the call now two two if we're lucky yeah, yeah i know yeah, but and you feel like once you started you're committed you can't like yep. just talk from it you know yeah. I, I'm, I'm the same way. i just everybody's like why don't you do some online classes i said you know what because nobody's gonna follow through with this and the one thing about this pandemic that is crazy is that here we are, we're supposed to be locked in our houses and everything. Yet if you go outside, there's people riding bikes, running, jogging, walking, doing, I, I've never, I haven't seen this many people out doing stuff since I was a young kid. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Kids, yeah. kids in the street riding bicycles and playing outside and stuff. It's like, this is, we've lost this like two, three decades ago. You know I mean? They, people just don't do this anymore. Now all of a sudden everybody's out and doing stuff you know walking or running on the beach or riding or riding bikes or stuff like that it's kind of i'd like to see that kind of keep going after all this is yeah. over i mean but people are dying without going to la fitness and stuff like that so yeah but, uh, i don't i don't have time for that stuff anyway yeah. <laughs> only so many hours in a day and i'm tired yeah so but it's a it's it's pretty it's been a weird situation but it's got its good points and it's bad points. I drive a truck yeah. and run heavy equipment and stuff during the day. So sometimes when I'm out, I go out now, well, I don't have any traffic anywhere. Right. <laughs> Nobody on the roads during the, during the morning time and stuff. Normally it's backed up everywhere, but now it's just, it's nice. So it's a, that's a, that's a plus sign, but it'd be nice to be able to go out and sit down and have some dinner somewhere. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I miss Tired of cook. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the uh, one thing, the thing other than jiu-jitsu that I miss the most is beer on tap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because the, the, the hard part is, I mean, the, the, the respective academies, I mean, everybody's in there. They get solid work. You know, yeah. they're, they're putting their time in. They're putting their work in. But there's a huge socialization. Like, to me, all, all of my friends, all of my social life, is built around our academy absolutely um absolutely that i don't i come home if i'm not in the gym or i'm not riding my bike or at work i'm in the house and i'm laying in bed watching tv or something like that i just don't i don't go out and to and hang out at bars and i don't do any of that you know right. if there's a good if there's a big fight on like on ufc or something yeah i'll meet the team and we'll go out and watch the fight stuff like that but that's a big outing for me you know so yeah. <laughs> but it's all based around fighting and stuff so what do you think about the cards coming up, uh, the, the three that are going to do in Jacksonville? I think it's great that Jacksonville's going to get that uh, get that thing. I mean, obviously, there's not fans or anything like that, but I think the cards are stacked. Yeah. Um, my good buddy, uh, Glover Texera, is coming down. Uh, Glover's a real good friend of mine. He's, he'll be fighting on that card with Anthony Johnson, I think, on uh, – I forget what the date on that one is, but 
three cards in eight days. They were they were thinking about adding a fourth one too. Wow. So they've got uh, eighth, thirteenth, and sixteenth. I think. Are yeah, the they've got the sixteenth. Right I think. I think Glover's fighting the sixteenth. Um, and he he was supposed to fight Anthony on April twenty fifth, but you know they're stacking these cards up. But from what I heard, they're thinking about adding another card as well. Wow! Like like seven days after the last one. Yeah. So, well, Dave uh, was talking about it. If if you know his his secure location about pumping them out like a fight a week. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're pretty much doing that now anyway, or were before this happened. Yeah. yeah. There's only like, only like forty something fights a year. Right. Almost 50 fights a year. That's 52 weeks in the year. So they were, they were cranking them out. Right. Which definitely, I mean, uh, you know, hats off to uh, Florida boxing for, you know, e even allowing an event of that nature to even take place. Listen, I mean, they, they, Florida ain't turning away no revenue. For us right. Because sure. I mean, they, they could have easily shut that down just like a lot of States did. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's one of those, I mean, there's, there's a lot of promoters that want to throw their events. They're, they're they're the dime the dozen because everybody wants to do an event, yeah. but Florida is the only one that's stepping up to say, you know, as long as you guys can, can reasonably, you know, that, that they're letting it take place. I mean, just like they did with, uh, with Mitchell and yeah. combat night. Hats off to Mitchell for doing, for following through on that event. You know, I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah. But outside of the UFC, who can afford to throw fights without spectators? Right. Yeah. Mitchell said he lost, basically lost a ton of money. Yeah. On yeah, yeah. I mean, but he followed through because he's a man of his word and he's always right. been like that. And that's a, that's a great thing, just especially for the fighters that, you know, that, that fought that night and everything. Thank God these kids didn't uh, lose out on that. There's been right. so many fighters that lost out on not being able to compete. But, um, but yeah, the USC, you know, they got to take a huge, take a hit at the door too, but most of their stuff is pay-per-view or ESPN. Yeah. Or stuff like that. So, um, you know, they're pull, still pulling those big pay-per-view numbers, especially when there's, there's not another athletic event on television. Oh yeah. They'll probably get more pay-per-view numbers than they yeah. are. And I think they're banking on that right now. Well, yeah. you, you can't exactly go to a restaurant and watch it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's got to stay home. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I mean, with with all the the lead up and all the all the drama going into this particular event, with you know me being stuck out of the country and Ferguson and them talking back and forth, you know, then Ferguson is like, "Hey, I'm going to make wait." I'm tired of that fight not happening. It's crazy. yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been waiting for that fight for so long, and it's just uh, it's just it's so frustrating. It's like whatever. I don't even care anymore. Yeah. So, badly but who knows maybe someday i mean i i can't blame guys and stuff i don't suppose but i figure you know if somebody like Khabib was the world champion you know they fly him in a private jet over here and his team right. over here you know what i mean it's not like he's got to fight fly in coach for, right. for some airplane you know and get possibly get sick because I was thinking about that too. I was like man flights are cheap as dirt right now and go out and go somewhere and do something nice but those freaking airplanes like a petri dish. You walk right. in, everything's circulating. So you never know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was, I was kind of just I was joking with Christian, joking but not really. You know, telling him, going, man, I need to figure out a way that I can become an essential worker at one of the events. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I don't know. We'll see see what happens up there. I don't know. Uh, you know, hopefully they come off without a hitch. If if they get the first one off and it comes out good. Um, 
you know, at least that'll pave the way. Even if they have to go a couple of months, they'll just keep pumping out shows. Well, the, well, the biggest part is because if, if I if I have it correct, I mean, the the first card's the pay per view. Yeah. Um, then that's good. That's a hell of a card. <laughs> some of the others, I think, are uh, either fight nights or ones that we're going to be broadcast on ESPN or ESPN Plus. Um, so those are the ones that I think that they'd actually be doing pretty good on because more than likely the viewership's going to be high and yeah. it's being paid for by ESPN as part of their contract. Yep. So really it's, it's going to be the pay-per-view numbers off the first one that, that, which I mean, should be fantastic. Yeah. I would, I would imagine, like I said, without anything else on, they're going to blow this up and it's, it's, and, it's, and it's amazing card. I mean, yeah, the, that, there's, that card is stacked. There's yeah. some great fights on that card. And they put a lot of a lot of them together on there. I was kind of sad to see um, Amanda Nunez pull off there, but I mean, I get it, I guess. Yeah. So a lot of these fighters don't want to take a chance or something, you know. But I don't know. It's, I guess it's okay to be precautious, but you know, at that level, when you're fighting for a world title and it's like crickets in the stands, that's that's a big deal. And yeah, I mean, it is. It's weird. That, that energy is is totally gone. I mean, if I remember the first time I walked out with. I walked with Alex Nicholson in the MGM Grand, and he fought uh, Misha Serkinoff in there. And walked into the MGM Grand, and everybody's screaming and everything. But I was so tunnel visioned, I don't even remember seeing a single face in the whole crowd. Right. But it, it was like the energy, though, was just like oh, it was incredible. Um, so, but to fight at a level, you know, for world titles and stuff like that, and I'll have nobody out there like crickets. It's like, huh. yeah, it's gonna be weird. Right. Yeah. Well, for a lot of them, that that energy from the crowd is their fuel. Yep. I mean, that that's what that's what gets them, you know, to to push well beyond, you know, the limits that they've experienced in the gym or or things of that yep. nature. And and then when they when they lose that mental edge that they had, like you said, because of either no noise or just crickets in the yep. uh, in the gym. Now, for other fighters, that actually works better to them. Yeah, uh, so they you hear the corner better and stuff. Bit. Yep. I think Christian's one of those that kind of feeds off the crowd and the, yeah. you know. A lot of them are. Taylor gets like that too. She gets so pumped up and everything and then she goes out there. The problem is that some of them, they get too pumped up. Right. And they get an adrenaline dump after yeah. the first round or halfway through the first round they get an adrenaline dump and then it's like, oh, now we're struggling just to survive the rest of the fight or something. Right. Yep. But uh, some, of, some of them are just, Alex is probably the, the most out of all, every fighter I've ever worked with, Alex is probably the most calm, relaxed person I've ever seen. There's no, he doesn't get pumped up in motion. He doesn't get his adrenaline going, nothing. So, but, uh, you know, we walk out there, he's like, I, and he doesn't care who he fights. Like, right. I don't care. Right. And I'll kill anybody. Let's go. <laughs> show me the money. Show me the money. Yeah. <laughs> it's been crazy though. So what, um, what took you down this particular life path? Uh, well, I mean, what, I had kids when I was young. My son and my, my oldest daughter had when I was like 19. Um, so I had two kids from my first wife. And then uh, we split up and she left. So I ended up raising my first two kids. So it kind of like I had to work. I was just, I had to work. I had to give everything up and just work. So... And then I had Taylor with my second wife when I was like 30. And then uh, we split up after five years and she went a different route. And then uh, I raised Taylor too. So I raised all my kids. Um, and then my son one day came over and we were driving through, through town over here and there was a sign out that said the 
the PAL boxing program. Mm-hmm. They were looking to sign kids up. He's like, I want to box. I said, you don't want to box, you're a punk. So <laughs> anyway, I signed him up and he started boxing over there. And then the PAL program kind of closed up. So the next thing I know is I'm coaching him. And then, then he's like, okay, can my friend come over? Well, no, long story short, I had about 30 kids every day after school at the park down here because I didn't have a gym. Right. I couldn't afford one. I was still working. And then I, had, I was hanging heavy bags in the tree down at the park here in town. I had about 30 kids there every night. And it was crazy because after all, you know, I did that for for a year and a half or two years. And then I went on to open a gym and stuff. But I, I was down there and I would have all these kids coming every day. And not once did I ever see a single parent come out and ask, what, what's what's my kid doing? Or right. Where's my Never. Not one person, not one kid's parent ever came out to see what they were doing. Wow. That's kind of crazy. You know, these kids are. 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, 17 years old and stuff, and not never seen a parent. So and then he started, I got into, I had a gym, I trained out of a gym here in Port Orange. Then I opened a gym in Port Orange. And then I moved to New Smyrna and opened a gym there. And then I went back to Port Orange. And we've been there about five, six years in the gym we're at now. So um, I don't know, just, I just kind of built. And I was just doing boxing originally because that's what right. I loved. That was my favorite thing. And then uh, they didn't have MMA in Florida. They only had kickboxing, jiu-jitsu tournaments. They had boxing, you know, regular boxing shows and stuff like that, but there was no MMA. Right. Once the MMA started up, everybody was either a wrestler or a jiu-jitsu guy. There was nobody who had any damn striking. You know what I mean? Except for the kickboxers, but the right. kickboxers were getting taken down like crazy from the wrestlers. So um, I started working with a couple of kids. And then the next thing you know, we started knocking people out. And then I had like, this one, Jason Arnett had breakthrough MMA. Up in okay, yeah. yeah. So I had, I think I held every, my fighters held every single title in every weight division at one point or another in breakthrough. Um, wow. Just, I just, we were, we just started a good thing, you know, and then I didn't have the jujitsu background like you guys do and all that stuff. So I had, um, Anderson was with me. So he's been with me for, I don't even know, six, seven years or whatever. So he's, he kind of does the jujitsu thing, um, side of it. And we do a lot more grappling. I mean, where my gym is in Port Orange, within like three miles in radius of my gym, there's seven or eight jujitsu schools. Oh yeah. So. I mean, we're not pushing for, uh, you know, we're not IBJJF and all that stuff, and we're not pushing hard with the gi and all that stuff. So we do more of it grappling and stuff towards our our fighting, um, towards our MMA. Um, You know, you got Ralph Gracie and you got uh, all these other gyms are right around us, you know, moving in. Everybody's on top of each other trying to teach jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yeah, who who knew, you know, after when the UFC hit, Sorry. No, there you go. All right. But yeah, yeah. Who, who knew way back then? I mean, because when, when jiu-jitsu kind of hit the scene, one of the things that they always, you know, boasted about was how, you know, jiu-jitsu is not going to become like, you know, a Taekwondo or something of that nature, which at the no, time. No, it's bigger. <laughs> at, well, at, at the time period when, when the UFC first hit the scene, it was the Taekwondo schools that were like that. Yep. If if you went to a given town and you found a martial arts school, it was probably Taekwondo. Yep. And, and you could probably see another place. If you stood on their doorstep, you could probably see another one. Down another the road. One. Exactly. And, and now that's jujitsu. Yep. Everywhere. 
And it, I mean, listen, jujitsu is beautiful. And, it, and you know, jujitsu is one of these things is you can't just say, uh, well, you know, I'm a brown belt in jujitsu or I'm a, you know, jujitsu doesn't lie. No. So, and it's like everybody, every gym owner in the world has that story where the kid walks in the door and says, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm 200 and 0 in the street. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we, all, we all get that crap. But, uh, so that's fine, whatever. But, you know, jujitsu ju doesn't lie. Wrestling doesn't lie. Boxing doesn't lie. You know what I mean? The stuff, everybody can talk their game. But, you know, and, and I see people that try to come in and it's like, yeah, I've been doing jujitsu for like eight years. I'm like, okay, so what are you? Well, I'm a blue belt. I'm like, okay. I'm not sure. I'm maybe trained once a week or something like that, or you know, for now. So, um, and some people come to the gym and they're like, "Well, do we do cardio?" I don't do cardio kickboxing classes. I don't do things like that in my right. right. Everything I do is toward geared towards fighting. Some people don't want to compete and they don't want to actually get fighting or something, but they'll come in and train because they want to train like the fighters do. Right. So that that, that you know that's fine with me, um, but I don't do where most people make their living off of cardio kickboxing classes and stuff like that. And it's just not me. I, I'm not, I'm, I don't have time for that. So, and I, I miss out on a lot of money because of that. So that's a moneymaker. Um, but I, I just, I just don't have the heart to stand there and do that stuff. Um, right. You know, well, and that, my, that becomes one of the major, major parts. I mean, we were having a conversation with, uh, with someone just the other day, you know, and we were saying, I mean, what, what are the signs? Actually, it's a sign I'm probably the most proud of is a sign that we have over by a door that says, although we do believe that martial arts are for everybody, we know that our academy is not. Yeah. We, we our school's not for everybody, and I don't want to be. Yeah, exactly. And that's just it. I'm not here to please everybody, but you know what? You come in and try it out. If you like it, then that's fine. If not, then that's fine, too. It's up to right. you. you know? I'm not forcing you to stay here. So, I mean, we, we know that there will be somebody else in town that, that that's, that's what they're – you know, that that's what they're going to offer. So we know that there, there will be a place for them, yeah. you know, but I, I, I want to be happy every day I come to the gym. Exactly. Listen, not everybody that we sit down and we work with is something that we, somebody that we meld with or we mesh, you know, we mesh with. So if, uh, you know, we, we, some people leave, well, the, we, we just weren't meant to be together, I guess. You know what I mean? It's okay. It's, it's just the way it is. You know, maybe you don't like the way I coach or, you don't like the way I bust everybody's chops or something like that. So it's, it's whatever. I'm okay with that. Right. This is uh this is what we do. This is what I do. This is how I do it. And, um, you know, somebody told me once, you know, people, I'm sorry, I'm trying to plug my thing in here. Oh, that's an issue. <laughs> so somebody told me one time I used to get upset. People are like, well, you don't really, you know, you're, you're not a, you know, a world champion boxer or something like that. So, you know, you're not, you're not going to be able to teach people properly and it's a joke and everything. But then, and that used to bother me. I used to think about that a lot. And then somebody told me um, one time, he says, you know what, Pete? He says, they can, anybody can say what they want, but look at the numbers. Right. Look at how many wins you have, how many losses you have, how many years you've been doing this and go by that. The numbers don't lie. Right. It's just like, Jiu-jitsu doesn't lie. You can't get on the mat and say you're a brown belt, and then all of a sudden you're going to get on there and you're not a brown belt. It's going to show. Somebody who knows what they're doing only you know, takes two seconds to realize that. Right. So so ever since he said that to me, it was like, you know what? I listened to that. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I don't care. And that was a long time ago. And 
I don't give a shit what anybody thinks about me, to be honest with you. It makes no difference. I stay in my own lane. I do my own thing. My stuff works. We don't win every fight, but we win quite a bit of them. Right. So, you know, and it's my team that puts it together. It's not me. I mean, I, yeah, my name's on the door. I lead the pack. My kids named the gym. I didn't name the gym. They named it. So, uh, I just, I just show up and I kind of lead them in the right direction and stuff, but everybody plays a part in my gym. So it's, it's right. kind of worked out this way, you know? But yeah, so you, you hear that, you hear that quite a bit in, in all walks of, of competition, you know, where, you know, people are like, well, you know, come, come train at my place because, you know, we're a world champion. Yeah. Now, now that being said, I mean, that seems very, very lucrative. I mean, you're like, man, I mean, I would love to have an opportunity you know, when, like when Christian's traveling, you know, he got a chance to, uh, to, to train with Max Holloway. So, yeah. but you know, you get a chance to go in, but some of these places, they're, they're not always cranking out champions. No, exactly. Sometimes this- that's, that's the only champion that, that comes out of that gym. And then every gym came from somewhere. Exactly. So, yeah. so the, the, the point I see is when, I, I know a lot of guys that are incredible fighters, UFC world champions or professional boxers that were world champions and stuff that can't coach to save their life. Right. They can't hold people can't even see, they can't even comprehend what they're trying to tell them. You know what I right. mean? Because that's not everybody's point of view. Not everybody's meant to do this stuff. And I know people that, you know, have never fought, never competed, but they, the way they work with people and they, they can take time to instruct things and right. break down to them and you build that bond with them that's what makes things work i see right. the way you guys are with your students i see the well, way everything works over there you've got like in, in jiu-jitsu right now one of the easiest examples people can look at in jiu-jitsu in current day right now is john donaher yeah. i mean he, here's a guy that you know by his own admission has had some some health issues through his life yep you know, he's, he's not known for, for really doing any major competitions or anything of that nature, but he is currently up there as probably one of the more brilliant minds as yes. a coach yeah. and, and probably will go down in that role, you know, for, for many, he'll, he'll be right up there, you know, top five, you know, coaches of all time. Yep. And, it, and it's weird because there's some people are just that way, their mindset. Like I come to your gym. You're not just a family like you and, and our, you two guys and Christian are inside the family. Everybody under your roof is your family. Right. Oh, yeah. And that's the same way at my gym. My gym, everybody's my family. Would you look at Mike Tyson, one of the greatest heavyweights to ever fight boxing? Who doesn't know Mike Tyson's name? Whether you're a fighter or not a fighter right. or not a fight fan. Customato never boxed. Right. Never boxed. And he had Floyd Patterson. He had Mike Tyson. He had all these world champions and stuff. And, you know, Angelo Dundee had Muhammad Ali. Angelo Dundee fought one fight when he was an amateur kid. He said, no way in hell am I doing this ever again. He had Sugar Ray Leonard. He had Muhammad Ali. Right. He had over 25 or 30 world champions. But he, he can get into the mind and break the mind down yes. and learn, learn and see things. You can't train. I don't know. I'll be the first to admit, I don't know jujitsu to the fact where I know a lot of things. But I know like what I teach in my boxing and stuff like that. I can't. You can't take every single fighter. You can show them all the, the basics, your your fundamentals, but you can't teach every fighter to fight the same way. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Right. Somebody might be 
a little bit rangier. Somebody might be a little bit shorter, so you might be better at doing this or doing that or faster or slower or whatever. Right. Well, I have to teach different techniques, and I'm assuming that jiu-jitsu would be that same level. You start everybody off teaching the same basic principles, but as they progress, you have to change up different things. Right. Um, but I, it's, I don't know. I got kind of sucked into this, and this is here I am. Yeah. <laughs> so here I am, still doing it. So Let's now, so as a as a coach, because that's one of those things that happens in 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 this walk, is typically speaking, either you end up having somebody act as a mentor that kind of helps guide you through. Um, I was lucky enough to have a mentor of that nature to an extent. When it came to fighting, you know, I'm pretty much self-taught, like in, in hand wraps, things of that yep. nature. Came up through a time period when YouTube didn't exist. Yep. And, you know, at that point in time, you know, there, there wasn't a place unless you could go find somebody and people were pretty much, you know, hesitant to, to just give up their information, you know, readily. Like today, anybody can learn anything they want pretty much at any time. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, anything you need to do, you change the spark plugs in your car. Right. Learn how to wrap hands, throw a jab, step there. You know what I mean? Do a card pass or something like that. You can learn everything on YouTube. It's crazy. But um, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's, you know, I, I met a lot of people like when I would, like, like you say, hand wraps. And when I was coming up and stuff, people would be like hiding and they don't want you to see the way they wrap hands and right. stuff like that. I'll show anybody how to wrap hands. And I can, I mean, I can wrap a pretty good hands, you know what I mean? For MMA, for boxing, I wrap everything differently and stuff, but I can wrap a pretty good hand, but I, I don't have no secrets or nothing. I'll hide, I'll help anything. And I've done, I've done that with anything in my, my life. If somebody needs help with something, just ask me. I don't never turn anybody away and not to help them or not to try and, and teach right. them. Yeah, Dave, Dave's run a couple hand wrapping seminars for our guys. Yeah. Just to, because there for a while, we were like back-to-back -back fights, and there were fights happening on the same day in different locations. And he's like, all right, somebody other than me has to learn how to do this. Yeah, trust me, I know all about that. <laughs> it's no, it ain't no joke. So, um, and it, it, you get, when you got six guys, I mean, one time I had eight guys fighting on a card. Wow. And I was the only one wrapping hands. Yep. Oh my God, my, th my thumb was bleeding by the time <laughs> I the whole nine yards, tearing tape and everything, but. It's uh, you know, it's it's all fun. It's part of it though. It's kind of fun. You gotta get used to doing that stuff with your kids and before they fight. It's kind of like a, a good little time to be together. I've been yeah. working with John, teaching him how to do it. You know what I mean, and, and get him comfortable with everything too. So that's been a big help. It's a, John, it's a very zen moment. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that's that time. That's your personal time together. Right. Get ready. Yeah. Get ready for war. So. Well, like I had this one kid. Um, we were California side. He was a, uh, he was like 16 years old. So, yeah, we couldn't get him to do any, uh, professional events, but we found some, uh, pancreation style. Yeah. California wasn't allowing any kind of amateur MMA. It was either go in, you know, full unified rules or, yeah. or you find something like a pancreation, no head strikes. Um, but, uh, body shots, which is weird because they would allow the illegal elbows, the, the 12 to six, yes. you know, but you just couldn't hit the head, but it was brutal. You know, you yeah. know, you're in their guard. You drop that elbow to their sternum. I mean, it was yeah, not you're good. Killing somebody. <laughs> but he would bug me all the time. He's like, he's like, am I ready? Am I ready? And I'm like, no, 
No, yeah. you're not ready yet. And then when we're in the back, you know, because you're we're wearing MMA gloves for the for the match and everything, and I'm wrapping his hands, and he's like, "Are we ready? Are, am I ready?" And I'm like, "No, no, you're not ready yet." You know, and then we finish wrapping up hands. We're there. And then we're just about to make the walk to the ring. They're just about to call his name. That's when I turned to him and I said, okay, you've been asking me if you're ready. Yeah. Now you're ready because there's no more we can do. <laughs> yep. That, now it's time to perform. Now it's time to get in there. Get it done. But, yeah, I, I love that moment, you know, of, of sitting down with them. You know, you know, it's just gauze. It's just tape. But it's a it's a bonding moment. Mm. It's a bonding moment. You make that bond. And I have guys, you know, still now, like they, I like I go to the UFC and stuff. If I'm there with Michael or with Alex or whoever, I wrap their hands. Even though the right. UFC wraps their hands, I wrap their hands. Yep. Yeah, same thing when, when Christian did a contender series. Yeah. It was Christian. Dave left it up to Christian. Said, you want yep. them to wrap your hands? You want me? And he chose to have Dave wrap his hands. But even the same thing, like I, I brought my kit with me just in case. Yep. Um, I was ready to go. And as soon as Christian said, no, I want you to wrap my hands, the, uh, the, the, the cut man for the UFC hands yeah. his tape and gauze. Yeah. And I told him, I said, man, I appreciate that. But I don't know that tape and I don't know that gauze. I don't know its elasticity. I don't know how, yep. it, works, how it performs everything else. Um, so I, I put my stuff in front of the commission, let them inspect it, and then wrapped him yeah. with with what we're used to. Yeah. You know, I told him, I said, man, I, I appreciate it, but now today's not the day to do something new. Exactly, and that's and that's me. I'm, I'm a, This is my my routine. Don't break my routine. Yeah, yeah, I, so, bought, I bought the wrong gauze a couple times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. <laughs> but it's one of those though where. Um, cause I, the way I learned, you know, was obviously I had, I had a mentor in my instructor since Eric, and he taught me a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of fighting philosophy, coaching philosophies, things of that nature. But when it came to hand wraps and things of that nature, that was even relatively new kind of for them as well. You know, they were more of that bare knuckle, you know, type of environment. So I wrapped my left hand. Uh, probably a good couple hundred times yeah. before our first fighter stepped in the in the in the cage. And he wrapped yeah. my hands a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I would get a large. We did first aid classes. We did things of that nature. So I knew how to yeah. isolate joints and and that kind of stuff from first yeah. aid. Um, but then I, I would wrap my hand, and then I go do a workout, and yeah. then I kind of assess how did I think it felt, things of that nature. Too tight, cut the circulation off. And all right. That stuff. And, yeah. and then that's what happened. There was one time I was like, you know what? Like, once I said, I bought this other gauze. Yep. And I went to wrap my hand exactly the way I've done with the other stuff. And my hand started going numb on me yep. because the, the elasticity yep. was different. So when I was pulling tension on it, you know, I was pulling it tighter than, than I should have. And, and that's how, that's how I did. I mean, each, each time I was, you know, trying to hone my, my craft, so to speak, is I'd wrap my hand and then I would then do our workout. So I'd have the hand wrap on for hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I mean, I got a full, full sensation of it to, to figure out how it was going to feel. 
Well, you get you get used to your own fighters too, like like um, you know Michael. I wrap his hands through all the fights and everything, and then he goes and he he fights. But you know, you get somebody else wrap your hand. Well, I know every bone in Michael's hand that's been broken. Right. I know every, every joint that he has issues with when he trains, all that stuff. So when I wrap his hands, I'll put extra padding on his right hand over his his first finger, right knuckle on that right hand, and I'll wrap his thumb. I'll wrap in his thumb on one hand because he has problems with his thumb. I probably shouldn't be saying this shit on that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? But then in the left hand, I know this finger is bad on this finger. Right. He's, you know, you, you kind of know this stuff. So the guy from the USA, and not knocking those cut men because they've done millions of, of hands and fights and stuff like that, but you know my fighter? No. I know everything about that kid. I know every single thing that goes on with my kid, with any of my fighters. Yeah. So I know what to look out for, what I do. He, this one hits like a tank. So I need to protect it because every time he punches, he breaks his hands. Right. So I, I have to build extra wads on his knuckles and stuff. This one doesn't really hit hard. He'll hit repetitive and he'll hit hard, but he's more of a grappler, so I need to back off on some of that. I don't right. know that he draws and tape on there. Or they want a little bit more wrist motion. Yep. You know, or – From high up on the wrist where I'll just end right. up down close to the wrist and they're just putting a small little wrap on. I've had guys where literally the, the commission has told me, just cover it with one wrap of gauze all the way around and one piece of tape, and that's it. Because right. my guys, they didn't want to wrap at all. They're like, can I just go with no wrap and put the gloves on there? And so they know there has to be something on it. Right. So, you know, I, I've done done guys that way too. But, you know, they're, they're, listen, I don't punch. I'm just taking this guy to the ground and I'm submitting him. That's all, that's all right. there is. Right. I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to punch at all. You know, these guys are black belts in jiu-jitsu that are absolute killers and stuff. But, so... You know, they each their own. You learn each. That's just the, that's the thing. Like going back to the other, you can't teach every fighter to fight the same way. You can't wrap every fighter in the same way. You can't coach every fighter the same way. I might want to slap one and wake him up before a fight. Yeah, and I, another one. And we were actually just talking about that. The well, other and unfortunately, day. though, that's that's the hazard of one having somebody who's never wrapped your fighter's hands. They're going to wrap them the one way yep. that they wrap everybody. Yeah, that's like, it. They do the same you, thing. You with know every all fight. the tricks. You yeah. know when you're wrapping their hands, who likes more tension, who likes yeah. a little bit more loose, who yeah. wants more protection on the wrist, less on the knuckles, or maybe it's yeah. both. Um, you know, when when you can cinch it down a little tighter on them, um, yeah. and then also at the same time, that's also your time to make that because up until that point in time the vibe in the locker room feels different up until we put the gauze and tape on. Exactly. Then it's, then it's like, okay, everything's real now. Now it's and go time. Right. And now that's, that's, that's you and the fighter now, you know, saying, you know, now we're, we're, we're coming into the same mentality. We're, we're now connected, you know, at this point, you know, we've been joking around earlier, but now we know. Now it's time. Now, now it's time, and so then you start going into again. What are the psychological portions that you do for each fighter? And that's usually where the majors start to click in. Is usually at that point, and I can't, I can't imagine giving up. That. That, that that's the personal thing that you need. That's that thing you build with the coach and a fighter. Right. You gotta have so I don't, I don't do that either. It's like I, you know, I mean, the only person that really wraps hands, if it's not me, is John. So. Um, 
You know, it's I try to keep that stuff between us and right. keep it in the house and keep it, you know, with even UFC level or first amateur fight level, it doesn't matter. Right. So. That, that's the only part I missed out on was the uh, the last combat night when uh, Garrett Nelson fought for us, uh, yeah. Naomi Young, and yep. who else did we have? I thought we had Austin. No, no. Um, Corey. Corey Self. Yep. Um, we were in Vegas uh, at competing Master. at Master Worlds at the same time. And so that's the, that's the one and only night sure. I did not get to be there. But at least um, Christian did. But yeah. we did quite a few sessions with Christian ahead of time. So he wrapped everybody's hands yep. uh, and, and took over that role, which Christian's an amazing coach. Oh, sure he is. He's good at that. He has that natural tact. And not, not every fighter is. That's no, absolutely not. Not every fighter, not every jujitsu black belt is good at teaching. Nope, not at all. It's not a skill, and it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's 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 a developed skill. It's a it's a it's a definitely a learned skill. There there's some natural aptitude to it because not everybody can take that information that's in their brain and present it in a way that other people can follow. Exactly, and or, it's or like you said. What's that? Or like you said. Not everybody does it the same way. Yep. And so what you end up with sometimes is you have that world champion or you have that guy that's, that's gone to a very high level, but that's the only way. So yep. if, if you get another fighter that is similar and responds well, then they tend to do well. Sure. But take a fighter and put them into that scenario that, that that's not – the way that's that's not the way their mentality works you know yep. not everybody is is kill them all um you know kind of mentality exactly exactly you know, and if you try to force that on them then you actually sometimes get worse performance you know not even that, not even average performance you get worse that's when you learn you learn that way as a coach too when you're starting out and everything too you, you can't expect everybody to be a, a malicious killer in there because some of them aren't some right. of them are very calm and relaxed, and they're just going to do their own boa constrictor submission shit and get them to the ground and just smother them and burn them out, you know. Um, Anderson's like that very well. Anderson, you know, he strikes and stuff like that, but when it comes to he's going to get you to the ground. You take on any striker in the world. He's just going to get a hold of you. He's going to get you to right. the ground, burn you out so you can't throw a punch. Um, whereas Michael, he's just going to come forward and he's just going to kill you. Right. <laughs> He's just going to try and annihilate as fast as he possibly can. So it's tough, you know, and, and as my daughter coming up, you got her leading, you know, following one person one way, another person another way, and another person this way, and another person this way. So she's getting all this, and I think she's finally getting to that point. You know, she's only 20 years old, but she's getting to that point where she's taking a little bit from everybody, and she's starting to make her own mold, right. which is that – which is that's that's a sweet thing to start seeing come together. Whether it's my kid or anybody, you know, yeah. you start to find their own way. That means they're getting enough experience at something. So she's been doing uh, she's been doing well. So now if we just get fights back up and rolling and get everybody right. back together, you know, and we get that bond back together, I think that's the thing I miss the most is that bond. Yeah. You know, the kids will send you a message or something every now and then. One of the kids will say, "Hey, coach, I missed you" or something like that. That feels good, but. There's that thing where everybody, you walk in the gym and everybody gives you a hug. Hey, how are you? Yeah. 
good night or good evening or whatever, you know, that's, we got to get that bond back because a lot of kids need that. Not right. just, the, I need it too, but the kids, you know, there's a lot of kids out there that just don't have much at home. So, right. Uh, it helps to have the gym is everywhere. It's their family. Like I say it's their social circles. Um, for, for a lot of people, that's how they deal with their their stress or or their their anger or frustration, whatever happened that day. I mean, it's it's as much their psychiatrist as it is their you know exactly. their work out. What I'm anxious to see is when we come out of this is these a lot of our kids that are in school. Um, they're not having that social interaction with other kids and stuff. Right. So what are they doing to get rid of this energy? You know what I mean? They're not, there's no interaction, no nothing. I know, I know some kids that, that all they're doing is sitting around playing video games. Yeah. You know I mean? They're doing their schoolwork or whatever they got to do online, but they're you know doing that online and actually being in school, interacting with other kids and teachers, stuff like that. It's a whole, it's a whole big lost thing that's going away. I mean, I see it eventually in another 10 years or more or so, you know, give or take, there won't be any more damn schools. Everything will be done online. Yeah. yeah. I mean, school sports are starting to slowly fade away. Like our daughter was taking an online PE class. Exactly. It's insane. But somebody out there has got a genius idea that you can do that. So I don't know. Yep. Different pay grade from me because I don't see how that's possible. But <laughs> anyway. I got to get up at 4 a.m. Well, awesome, man. Appreciate Thank you talking you so with much. us. I know well, you got guys. stuff coming up, so definitely good skill to you guys on uh, some of the upcoming events. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're going to see what we can do. But I love you guys. I hope, I'm glad to see you. You guys are doing all right. You know, if you need anything, you know how to get all of me. I'm there to help out anytime I can. Awesome, man. Appreciate, Appreciate it, man. it. All right. Thank I'll you. see you guys. Awesome. Take care. Thanks. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. listening. This is your host, David Lawson. And your other host, Melissa Lawson. We really appreciate being able to do this for you guys. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us, go to uh, Instagram, submission underscore coalition, or give us a like on Facebook, submission coalition. Or uh, if you guys want to throw some donations, it's not like I'm going to turn it away. We're also always looking for sponsors. Just so. PM us at uh, any of our social media outlets. Awesome. Thank you.